What are you looking for? In some ways, it's such a a simple question. What are you looking for? I'm, I'm looking for my keys or my phone or my shoes. In my house, it's, it's pretty common to have this sort of searching. It's easy, at least in my hectic world, to misplace the small things, the everyday things, the, the basic things. What are you looking for? We might ask as, as we flip through the, the TV channels or we, we search through the, the list of movies on Netflix. What are my options to, to relax a little bit in a moment of free time? What am I in the mood for? Do I want to laugh or, or cry? Am I looking to be better informed? Or do I just want to turn my already full heart and mind into mush with something mindless and fun. (laughs) What are you looking for? We might ask as we try to find a, a new computer or a new shampoo or a new car or a new running shoe. What are my options with a, with a product that I might buy? How does its features fit my various desires? How can I find that, that right combination of price and quality? What are you looking for? Such a, such a simple question. I find it's Remarkable that amidst the the sweeping pronouncements of John the Baptist, Jesus' first words to these, these seekers who come after him is, what are you looking for? For after all, John says, look, here is the Lamb of God. Other translations use the word behold instead of look, which to my ears, goes beyond mere observing or seeing to suggest a certain amount of participation and communion. But here John proclaims Jesus to be the Lamb of God who will take away the sin of the world. He sees Jesus as this sweeping figure who will will heal the wounds of the cosmos and end estrangement and separation He sees Jesus as a a figure who will reconcile enmity and restore relationship. This is the one who will give the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is the one who, as God's child, will make us all children of God. John is being grand in his language. His sense of scope for the person of Jesus is nothing less than awesome. And yet, as these two disciples approach Jesus, he asks this most simple of questions. What are you looking for? Now, to be fair for all of its simplicity, we might also translate Jesus' question as, what are you seeking or what are you hoping to find? We might make a bit of a leap 
to, to hear behind the question other questions. Questions like, what do you long for? What do you need? Or what do you hope for most? The simplicity of Jesus' question is an open-ended simplicity that invites the disciples to go deeper. It is the, the type of question that goes beyond the, the lost keys or the various merits of consumer products to cut to the core of our lives, to the essential questions, to the necessary questions we all must ask if we are to grow as human beings. With the possible depth of Jesus' question in mind, perhaps we might think that the disciples' response missed an opportunity. They ask, Rabbi, where are you staying? Now, on the, the surface level, their questions seem like ships passing in the night. In response to what they have been told about Jesus by John, in, in response to, to Jesus' simple and yet profound question, all the disciples can muster is the, the seemingly nonsensical question, where are you staying? Kind of like asking, what's your address when they are encountering someone who is offering the answer to the question of the meaning of life? <laughs> For shouldn't their question have been something like, how can we make the world a more just place, or, or, or how can I be forgiven for the harm that I have caused, or, or how can I be whole, or how can I be healed, or how can I make the pieces of my broken life fit together? Their question, where are you staying, it, it seems to miss the mark seems like a, a wasted opportunity. Perhaps it is not. Perhaps the, the question, where are you staying, has its own simplicity that veils its profundity. For they are also asking, where is Jesus abiding? Where is Jesus dwelling? remaining, indwelling. Remember that one of the, the keys to, to John's gospel is that line in John 1.14, and the Word became flesh and lived among us, dwelled among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory as a, of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. Here, the Word made flesh lives with us, dwells with us, abides with us, stays with us. Remember, too, that, that one of the images that Jesus will use to describe, describe himself is that of a vine. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them will bear much fruit. 
Here, Jesus invites us all to be intimately connected to him, to abide in him as he will abide in us, to dwell with him, to stay with him, as he will dwell in us and stay with us. When the disciples ask their question, where are you staying? They are, are asking where they can go to simply be with him. They are asking how might they abide in him so that he might abide in them. They want to stay where he is. And Jesus' response is, is not a dissertation on spiritual growth or a sweeping plan on how to live. He does not offer elaborate techniques uh, or a method of prayer or a set of spiritual practices. All he says is come and see. Come and see. This is not so much an answer to all of the, the sweeping why and how questions of our lives, but instead an open invitation to abide and to stay. Come and see, he says. Come and see, so that in each and every moment these new disciples can abide with him. Now this this gospel lesson is not just about seeking and beholding, it, it is also about a lesson about telling. Telling is woven through the whole thing. John is, is told by God to be on the lookout for the one on whom the Holy Spirit descends. And, and John sees that one, and so John tells others, especially Andrew and the other disciple. And after Andrew spends his time with Jesus, he will then come and find his brother Simon, who, who Jesus will rename Peter or Rock. And so the telling, the, the witnessing, and the bearing witness is a central part of what is happening here. There is a, there's a sermon to be preached in response to this lesson that is about bearing witness, about sharing with others the good news of God that, that we have experienced. And my hunch is that most of us don't think of ourselves as bearers of good news. And I think that's a shame. Because there is such good news to share at work in your lives. And frankly, the world is hungry for that news.